Hey, it's Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime. I'm here to tell you how to get ad-free content and early access to episodes right now. All you need to do is subscribe to Island Crime Plus on Apple Podcasts. When you subscribe, you get to be first to hear new episodes. All ad-free. Pop down into the show notes for a direct link to subscribe. If you like Island Crime, you'll love Island Crime Plus. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. It's the dying days of summer 2022. The disappearance of Amber Manthorn is unfolding in my backyard here in Port Alberni. And the rumors are picking up steam. A trip to the hair salon, down at the lake, everywhere I go, people are talking about the case. I've seen how whispers about missing people can grow louder and take on a life of their own. How victims become urban legends, their humanity, their lives disappearing down a rabbit hole or a Reddit thread. My recent work has been on cold cases. Breaking news is no longer my world. But I think I can add depth and context to Amber's story, and I want to get it right. I'm Laura Palmer, and this is Finding Amber, Season 4 of Violent Crime. Talking to those closest to Amber, those most familiar with her world just before she vanishes, is key. But I'm also extremely concerned about causing any harm to those who love Amber. They are fragile right now. They're stuck in another world of sadness, anger, and grief. I let everyone know I'm here to listen if and when they want to talk. Interviews are scheduled, then cancelled at the last minute. Two women who began the Facebook page for Amber reach out to me. They're uncertain, but they think they want to talk. In past seasons of violent crime, I've driven across the island, hours along the highway, with time to think and collect my thoughts. But everything in port is ten minutes away. I pull up at Cheryl's home on a quiet street a short ways past the dike. She comes out to meet me at the front door and welcomes me to her home. It's a bright, sunny afternoon, but it's cool inside. I follow her into a pleasant, comfy living space. The curtains are drawn and a single candle is lit, flickering in the center of the coffee table. A small fish swims alone in a tiny tank. Another of Amber's friends is here, too. Her eyes are red, and she looks tired and close to tears. They suggest I interview Cheryl first. My name's Cheryl Payne. I've known Amber since grade 7. We were in the same homeroom for three years at A.W. Neal. Our lockers were right beside each other. Um, my father passed away when I was younger and so did hers. So that was kind of our instant connection on how we both, you know, Father's Day sucked at school and just growing up like that. And we really connected that way. We grew up, grew apart. And then when she moved back to Port Alberni, we reconnected with the same groups. And then once I moved into this house about two years ago, 
she came to help clean the house years. And so just talk to me a little bit about her. You've, I'm sure in the past month or so heard people describe her, but just, you know, in your own words, Amber to you, what, what's she like? Amber, she's is just a ray of sunshine. She's super happy and bubbly and just, that's just pretty much the perfect description of her. Just kind and definitely out there to try and help as much people as she can. She, especially me too. And when I left my relationship, she, I'm like, I'm going to be a single mom again. Can you come help me clean the house? And she's like, dang, right. So I'll be right there. No worries. And, um, she would come clean and I get the odd text message like your daughter's skipping again <laughs> right and we'd laugh and go remember when back in the day when we used to be I'm like just don't tell her <laughs> just don't tell my daughter about that what's what's going on in Amber's life at that point when you two kind of reestablish your friendship here well it just was mostly just running into the same with the same crowd in town just meeting up at different parties and being like hey girl how's it going oh how have you been and just like a quick little catch up and then life for cheryl takes an unexpected turn this is really hard for me to say on may of 31st i was diagnosed with lobular breast cancer and Amber's my cleaning lady. So I had to go off work and I had to call her and let her know that, hey, before you know, I, I, I announced it to everyone else that I, I, I just can't afford to have you come. And you know, at the moment I'll have to just stop all services. And she was like, oh my God, Cheryl, I am so sorry. If you need anything, anytime, any help, let me know. And I just keep going back to that mm -hmm. because I had my breast removed on June 28th and then to find out that she was missing was definitely after she offered to because she was going to I was going to message her she offered to come help clean and, and help me so what can I do but as much as I can to help her mm -hmm. right so that's really my driving force behind everything. I was laying in that chair in my red recliner early morning and I go on my Facebook and I seen that Amber was missing and and at that point it was trying to get up and move like I was only 10 days after they decided to do a gathering and I couldn't if I can sit on my couch I could go sit in a chair and at the gathering and I was just frozen. And so in that initial period when there's a belief that she is with her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend at the time. What are you thinking? I'm definitely shocked. I believe that that they were apart for a while and she was really trying to get her life back on track. We'd always check in and be like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, good, you know, I really want to move on with my life and I'd always check in with her when she'd walk by me or come in the store I'm like hey how you doing good good I'm really good really feeling good about myself lately so when she went back to him was definitely I was concerned that she was missing I was scared for her did she ever talk to you about that relationship I prefer not to talk about that that will be between me and the investigators did did you ever meet them meet him or meet them yes, together actually once and there was no red flags it was at the beginning of their relationship they came for a visit and we got to meet them we were actually late getting there and they are home from work that day and they were there before 
our Justin and Amber were there before us, so they went for a walk along the dike there and came back holding hands, just nonch, like just calm. They just looked great, like they were fine. There is, in some of the communications from him, a portrayal of Amber before she goes missing as being dis distraught or un unhappy. Have you heard that from others? I have not heard that from others. And what about the suggestion that she had people in her world that were um, perhaps dangerous for her to be around? Who? <laughs> Seriously, like who? Like, no, she's cleaning houses and she's going to work. Like, that's just far-fetched. They're like, who? I can't see anyone that she would be connected like that to. I've talked to a lot of people over the past few years who have had loved ones go missing mm -hmm. and many of them still hold out hope mm -hmm. but somehow some way their person is out there and mm -hmm. and and will be mm -hmm. found one day and found perhaps alive. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you have any of that sense or? No. 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 Okay. I don't. I've seen too much evidence to point to that she is no longer with us. This is probably not where you thought you'd be at the end of no, the summer. No, I thought for sure we would find her. It was, it was a lot to take in that, you know, at the beginning it felt like, okay, like we, we're going to find her. And slowly as it's dwindled down, it's turned into, okay, what can we do and what's in our control right now? What's in our control right now is helping mom. For people who are maybe just starting to learn about your friend and learn about this case, what, what do you want them to know? She's just like the girl next door super kind would do anything for you she's definitely missed by so many people that sound of the screen door you heard was the sound of amber's other friend stepping outside this is all too much she tells me she can't sit for this long and talk about amber she comes back and gathers herself to speak with me we talk about the happy times they shared together out at the lake, about how committed she is to helping Amber's mom now, and about plans to help raise funds for Amber's family. These friends of Amber's are trying to be strong, but they also seem so vulnerable, so exposed. I leave them curled up on the couches in the quiet darkness and head out into the sunshine. It's really the first time I seriously question what I've gotten myself into. Everything is still so raw. Since I first began working on Amber's case, everyone has told me that it is Danielle I really need to speak with. They are close. Amber was supposed to be in Danielle's wedding party this summer. Talking about her friend Amber is hard and it takes time for her to agree to sit down with me. I drive up the remote road outside of town, leading to her secluded property. It's a warm summer's evening. I'm greeted first by Daisy, the family's gorgeous Great Pyrenees. 
she lays down on the grass, begging for a belly rub. Next, a sweet, small, orange cat trots out and wraps around my legs. We sit on her pretty back deck. It's surrounded by forest. This is a warm, calm place. But tonight, sadness hangs in the air. Danielle's sister, Carla, is here for support. She too knows Amber, and you will occasionally hear her join in in the conversation. I'm Danielle. She has been my friend, one of my best friends for, I don't know, 25 years. Yeah, she was just kind of like my right-hand man for a long time. And I've known Amber because of Danielle. They were pretty close growing up. Amber pretty much lived at her house. My mom didn't like very many of her friends, but Amber was one of them. So she was another daughter to my mom. You know, you move places, you do things, but we always reconnected. We went through many things together, but yeah, always were very close. Can you give me a sense of Amber? What, like, just tell me about her. Oh man. You want me to go first? <laughs> she was definitely a ray of sunshine, for sure. She was happy all the time. She was just a good soul, hard worker, hustler, busted her ass to make sure her bills were paid. And she was just a really good person, didn't judge anybody. Had many different groups of friends. Everybody loved her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it about her? <laughs> she was just had such a good personality. She was always so smiley and bubbly and just wanted to make everybody happy. Her energy was so good. Yeah. She glowed she with energy. You mentioned she was a hard worker. Mm -hmm. And I know she had two or three jobs before she went missing. Why do you think she liked to keep busy like that? Well, I think she's like... Anybody who's motivated and likes a certain lifestyle and wants to buy what they want and do what they want and pay for the vehicle that they want or, I mean, she's a go-getter too. I am too. We both like to bust our ass and make as much money as we possibly can. Well, she lived on her own. Yeah. Life's expensive. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have a choice but to bust your ass. What's her life like in the near term before she goes missing? I've been out at her place near the lake. It looks like she was in a, a lovely spot. But can you just tell me a little bit about her life in in the time before she goes missing? What's, what's going on? She had been coming around quite a bit lately. I know that she was a little bit lonely out there at the lake. And so she would come for dinners more often. And she would just be getting herself out of the house and... We'd be going camping and, you know, cooking Easter dinners, out camping together and all that kind of stuff. So she would come over here and she was helping me get ready for the wedding. And we were like staining boards and everything. Like she's running the sander, just doing everything I need her to do. She had taken up beading. She was making body jewelry for our sessions. What's, sorry, what's body jewelry like? Um... Like body, like like pearl body jewelry oh. and like diamond rhinestone body jewelry oh, for right. me to photograph oh. and so because she was so lonely out there she took up doing that to keep her busy something to do you know and she did a lot of things for me with the business and the clothing side of everything really kept her busy and she loved it you know having appointments with these ladies and 
putting on some music for them and helping them try on stuff and get ready for their session, right? You mentioned the business. For people who aren't familiar with what it is you do, can you just talk briefly about it? I'm a photographer and I do a lot of boudoir sessions and that is like a empowerment type of session. Definitely does help build women's confidence and shows them that they're actually you know, beautiful women, that they're not just moms, they're not just, you know, wives and uh, everyday women in sweatpants all the time, right? Just to show them that they are beautiful and let them see themselves through a different lens and a different angle. So when Amber seen that what I was doing for these women, she was like, just so proud. She was like, this is the coolest thing, you know, and she wanted to be a part of it. So she came up with the idea of being my my outfit lady hmm. and it was she loves that she loves shopping she loves clothes man she had an entire room dedicated to her closet like shoes and clothes and all the things all the pretty things she was very much very much a princess in that aspect so this was right up her alley and she was so excited about it it kept her busy gave her something to do so it was really, it was a, a really nice add-on to what I was already doing. And every woman that came through my doors had all great things to say. Oh, it was so much fun. Amber made me so less nervous than I was. And, you know, she reassured me that it's going to be really great and told me I looked great in this. And, you know, like she just really pumped them up before the session and reassured them it's going to be okay because sometimes it's nerve-wracking, right? So, yeah, she was just really good. But she was always involved in my photography. She loved everything I was doing. So she'd always come, you know, she'd come and be a model or whatever. She was always just so supportive. Very mm -hmm. supportive friend. And then she also had a job she cleaned as well. Mm -hmm. And then she was also working at Alberni Power and Marine. Mm -hmm. Is that right? I asked her once what she did there. and She said everything. Yeah. Everything. Okay. <laughs> they, would, yes. they would be lost without me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Okay. So... She sounds like she had a, a full life in terms of career and lots of friends. Mm -hmm. Would you say, I mean, you, I've heard you describe her and people describe her as happy. It, she seemed content in her life. Well, I know that she had always wanted a family. She definitely always wanted to have kids. She loved kids. She always borrowed mine. <laughs> so she always thanked me for sharing my children. So I know that, you know, she was definitely missing that part of her life. We pause from time to time. I can tell she's a strong person, but this is taking a lot out of her. Amber was supposed to be in Danielle's wedding this summer. What should have been a beautiful, happy day for each of them to look back on down the years will now be shadowed by Amber's disappearance. You mentioned the wedding. Are you okay to talk a little bit about that? Sure. What was going on in terms of preparations? and? We were doing everything. Amber and Linda were talking daily about everything. So Linda's another one of my girls in the bridal party. And they were doing everything together. Amber was out here, like I said, staining and helping me get ready, finishing up the last little renos on the house before the, before the big day. And she would message me every day, what about this? And what about that? And she just, and she used to be a wedding planner. So this was like right up her alley. She was pumped about it. And uh, yeah, she was pretty much involved in every aspect of it. She wanted to do all the things. <laughs> so we went dress shopping and we had everything pretty much already planned and everything totally 
ready to go. There was just some crafting that needed to be done and, uh, you know, a couple ladies nights and we were pretty good. We got it all worked out pretty much on our car ride to Victoria and back to go dress shopping. We had like the whole wedding planned between all of us girls and yeah, it was, it was good. She was so pumped, <laughs> honored, just so grateful to stand up there with me and my daughter and my family, right? Been close forever, so. Your original wedding date has, has come and gone. Yeah. Is that right? So, uh, I know it's such a huge thing. At what, at what point did you have to just say, I, I can't do it? <sighs> Within days. First, I was like, you know, first couple of days, she's going to come home, so it'll be fine. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's at some point it just didn't feel like it's possible, hey? No. no. I do want to talk to you about the period right before Amber goes missing. Anything unusual going on in her life that you could see? Did she seem different or preoccupied? She was totally normal. normal. Like, I talked to her... She was supposed to come over on Thursday, the day that she went missing. She was supposed to come here and she was supposed to help me do some staining after work. We were getting some more staining done. And um, she texted me and said, hey, what you doing? Am I, are we still gonna do some staining? So I called her and I'm like, I already did staining today, but you can come down and help me do some weeding in the garden or whatever, like there's always something to do. Mm -hmm. And um, and she's like, okay, well, I worked later than I was supposed to, so I'm just going to head home. I'll come and help you all day on Saturday. You'll have me for the whole day instead of, like, two hours. And I was like, deal, because all day is way better. She sounded totally normal. Normal Amber, nothing. You know, you can tell when one of your besties is kind of down or maybe they've been fighting with somebody or whatever it is that they're... You can tell when one of your best friends is not themselves so yeah that's what it was just like normal everything was just normal and then just not and that's Thursday that was Thursday right yeah I talked to her Thursday right yeah Thursday at 5 15 I was supposed to move in with her and I just wanted her to know that I decided against it I know she wasn't super excited to have a roommate either and because we're both grown women, so <laughs> yes. I kind of opted out on it and let her know at 5.15, and she said, okay, love, thanks for letting me know, and said a heart, and that was it. Yeah. That was the last time I heard from her. Why did you decide you weren't going to live there? I work in Nanaimo, so it's pretty far out. It's a pretty busy place out there, too. I planned on moving in, I think, August 1st. Yeah, and then I told her that day that I wasn't. She didn't seem upset when I talked to her, but I mean, it's hard to tell if some, someone's upset over text message too, right? Right, yeah. okay. So that was a text conversation. That's right, yeah. When did you both last see her? She was at my house the weekend before. The weekend before. On Saturday, we were staining and sanding right. and mm -hmm. doing all the things. Okay. Yeah, Okay. getting ready. Four days Four before. Days before. Yeah. Something like that. I and I talked to her like every day. If not every day, every other day. The only thing that was a little bit off in the weeks before was when she had told me that she had a sober Justin at her house. And she did the like emoji where it's like, oh, don't get mad at me, kind of, you know. And uh, just said that she wanted to support him in, you know, in his journey. And 
she thought that she could help him. And he was going to stay there for a little bit until he went to a camp, some sort of dry camp or whatever it was. And I said, okay, well, you know, who am I to say anything? Because I've always helped people my whole life too. That's what you do when you have a big heart. And I know that she had cared for him. So I said, okay, well, if that's, you know, if that's something that you think's okay, I support you, you know, please just know your, know what's happening, you know, like be careful, essentially. And why did she send you the kind of cringy emoji? Why did she think? Because they, they had broken up for some pretty serious reasons and she knew that I wouldn't, well, maybe she didn't know. The cringy face is because she figured that I would not be totally pumped about that being the last what had happened when they broke up. Just his past, the past what they'd just gone through or whatever when they had broken up in April or whatever it was. He was gone for a reason. When he came back, she was nervous to tell her friends. What had happened? Why did they break up? She didn't explain too, too much to me about Justin. I, I didn't know much about him. And I'm, I'm learning now that I really didn't know much about him. So I believe that what Amber was trying to do there is show me the good sides of Justin. So they were together last year. Um, and then... So what did that look like? Were you, were you either of you around him yeah. or them at that yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get good vibes from him from the very beginning. To be honest with you, he was a, he's a nice enough guy. He's, he is like, I gotta say very, he's very charming, you know, quite polite and, and well-spoken to people. Like you could tell that, you know, he was trying to be a respectful person meeting Amber's friends. It's, you know, you yeah. want to get that approval, right? Let's see, I gotta, he definitely he was seen, trying hard. Yeah, yeah. He, and, and you know what? I gotta say, like, there was definitely some nice qualities about him. I had no idea about any of his past or any, I, I had really no idea about him. You know, he came out on my boat with me and my family and he would just drink water with us out there. You know, he was trying to yeah, have drink. a good life. He wasn't drinking. He was trying to, you know, stay sober. And and I thought that was pretty admirable. So, you know, I'm, I'm very much a helper as well. I like to see people succeed in life and I can support people of when I see them trying so yeah he was around quite a bit I would say out of all of Amber's friends he probably spent the most time with us okay. I had a camping spot right out next to Amber's house so right. I was out there all summer no signs of anything off in terms of the relationship or there was a little bit of a red flag at the end of last year Mm -hmm. And I had had everybody over for dinner, a bunch of friends here, and Justin was drinking. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know how to feel about that, just because, you know, Amber's saying he was trying to stay clean. And when you're trying to stay clean off of anything, no matter what it is, drinking never, never usually results in anything good for an addict. And then, at some point, Amber decides to let him come and stay with her. Yeah. 
But it was your understanding that was a temporary thing? She said it was just, he was just staying there until he could get to a dry camp. I said, so are you guys dating again? Like what? Like, you know, I'm the honest friend in your face friend. I ask the hard questions. Are you guys dating again? Like what's going on? Are, you know, and she said, no, we, there's no title. I just really want to help him get clean. I do care about him. And he didn't want to stay in Nanaimo because he would get into trouble there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like that's, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And good for him for trying to stay away from it. You know, it's, it's a battle that a lot of people face. So she is a safe place. She would be a safe place. You didn't think they were back together again? No, no. And I even said, like, are you bringing him as a date to the wedding? Like, what's going on? And she's like, no, I haven't invited him to the wedding. So initially, when you can't find your friend, you're looking for Justin as well. Oh, 100%. I was looking for both of them. Like, Amber was gone. She wasn't answering. Justin wasn't answering. Many of us were phoning his cell phone number and sending messages and you know like hey like where I was like hey man like where you at like where's right where's Amber Mm -hmm. nobody can find Amber nothing I didn't get anything from him um the only message through the past six seven weeks I've gotten from him was when he sent me that live video at three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and after watching those videos my heart broke for him you know like he's not well you can tell it was it was scary to see that and to learn that this is who this man was. Mm-hmm. And then it made me sad because that's what Amber thought that she needed in her life, which is heartbreaking. So in those initial days, is there any thought at all that they could have just taken off together? Like, did that occur to you at Not all? Not once. Never. Never. She would never. Mm-mm. Never, ever, ever. She would have told me. She would have told her mom. She would have told her mom for sure. Like, she loves her mom the most out of anybody in this world. And, you know, she would talk to her almost daily. You know, she had plans to come to my house all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. She had plans to go for Darla's birthday on Friday. She had plans to do all these things with all of her friends all weekend. I knew there was no way in hell that she had just gone camping or whatever. Amber would never make her friends freak out like that and think that something was wrong. Well, so so you you presumably at some point you do go to to her house or to try and see if her car is there or what what are what are you we were really just reaching out to justin and and anybody that may be friends with justin we just wanted to find amber and justin and we felt like if we found justin we would find amber but that pretty quickly ramps up into uh, the police being involved Mm -hmm. and a search for for both of them Mm -hmm. initially yeah and so what I I was actually out of the country at that point, so I don't know what that looked like here. What what was going on? We did a lot of our own investigating, really. So, yeah, I pretty much turned into a private investigator (laughs) on the spot. And I stayed out at the lake for probably a good 10 days after. Just on my phone Mm -hmm. constantly. I was getting hundreds of messages a day from people tips and and hints and oh I think I saw her and oh I think I saw him and just 
you know, all the love and support too, but it was just so overwhelming. It was, I was already a mess not knowing where Amber was and just having this bad feeling in my gut instantly. I mean, as soon as they, as soon as I heard the words, have you talked to Amber? I just, it was like a kick in the gut. Like I just knew something was wrong because she would never have somebody looking for her. It was basically my entire world just stopped right there, right then and there. Like I came home after 10 days, you could see where I was painting. Like literally my world just completely stopped. I was in contact with the police constantly and just trying to do everything that I could. I didn't go and do any physical searching. I could not bring myself to do that. I wouldn't have been okay if I found her. That would ruin my entire life. Like this yeah. is already pretty fucked up, right? If I see my best friend laying there dead, that would fuck me up. I recall hearing a similar perspective from little Michael Dennehy's auntie. Desperate to find her beloved nephew, but absolutely frozen, horrified at the idea that she might actually find her nephew. And so unable to participate in the search. Amber's disappearance has shaken her friends to their very core, and each revelation seems to raise more questions than answers. So the car is found, and then what? Does that change anything for you guys, or...? Well, then the car was found, and now that made things even scarier. Like, now her car is ditched somewhere she would never, ever. She would never ditch that car like that. She was so proud of herself for getting that car. It was her first new car, you know? She would never leave her car like that, no. ever. So when we found the car, now it's like, what the hell now? And how did it get to the How did it get there? What is going on? Like, just questions and questions, and you run every scenario in your brain. And, yeah, it was pretty much pretty much just, you know, making me crazy almost. It would have been really nice to be able to talk to Justin so that we can ask him these questions that he can answer, but he's made zero contact or attempt, even. When he does surface... Like, are you thinking you're going to get answers at that point or what? Well, no. Well, he surfaces with a news release. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really weird. Like, why are you going on the news? Why haven't you called her mom? Why? Why? No, I am the one friend that he spent the most time with. Yeah. He knows me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why is he on the news saying these things? Like, why... Why aren't you calling me so that you can help us find her? Because if you have this information, you know damn well we're going crazy looking for her. Some information would be helpful. So he said he gave information to the police. I haven't, we, we, we know none of that information. So um, it was just really odd to me. That, that the way that I found that they had found Justin was that on the news. And now I have a million questions because what do you mean? Like what? What? <laughs> so when, uh, when you say what do you mean there? I mean, there's a couple of things that stand out from those communications. One being that, you know, there was an argument and 
she was distraught. So as soon as I read that, of course, I, I'm now, you know, running through every scenario in my brain again with new information, right? And I could see, like, it made sense her saying that she was distraught about losing her place because maybe she was upset that my sister wasn't moving in. And so, but none of it made sense. It was all very contradicting because, like, he says he wasn't the last person to see her, but yet... He had to have been with her after five o'clock on Thursday because that's when my sister messaged him. She wouldn't have been upset any time before that. So it doesn't make sense. Well, how would he have known that she was distraught about losing her house then? Is that is that what you thought he was referring to? Is that? Well, he's, he said right in the the thing that she was upset about losing her place but and that and you thought it had and to do I thought with instantly you know that message from my sister could have upset her I see right, right. maybe it did upset her but then that means that you wasn't the last time you seen her was Wednesday that means the last time you seen her was Thursday one of the other things is a suggestion that she may be with um bad bad people bad or... people like yeah. who like who are these, who bad, are these people? bad people yeah she didn't hang out with bad people. No. I would say she didn't hang out with criminals. Or she didn't bad hang out with bad people. I would know <laughs> if she was hanging out with bad people. No, no, no. She was out camping with me and my family and my children. Like, we're not bad people. So I know all of her friends. I know everybody she associates with. And so that's where I'm like, okay, if she's out with bad people and you're worried, then why aren't you phoning me and telling me this? If you were worried about her after your argument and you panicked and left and you thought she was with bad people, why would you not phone me and be like, Danielle, oh my God, Amber is gone and she's with these bad people. Like, what? Why haven't you called me, man? <laughs> it's really confusing. <coughs> yeah. I don't want to characterize anyone as a as a bad person, and yet I suppose uh, Justin himself, with his with his own criminal background, which is public record, um, could he have meant bad people from his own life? Has to. That's has. To. It had to have been because she didn't have bad I people don't even in think, her life. I don't even think Amber knew his criminal history she, I don't see her knowing how far back it went I have no idea what she knew because I didn't know any of it mm -hmm. that's what I mean you talked earlier about at points running through every scenario in your mind is there a thought at all that Justin's involvement with other people could have led her somehow with she wasn't very involved in his life no. he was very much involved in, in her hers. life I yeah. see so there wasn't she wasn't, as far as you know, going and spending time with his no. friends or... No. no, and like he pretty much from the start that they were dating, he was at her place all the time. Mm -hmm. She never went and spent the night at Justin's house. Right. Wherever his house was, I don't even know. I don't know much about the guy. Mm -hmm. And looking back now, it's weird that I didn't know much about the guy, being that she was one of my best friends. But again... I believe she was just showing me what she, she wanted, wanted me to see, to see right. because I am a good support person. 
And if there's somebody that can support somebody in getting clean, it would be me. Mm -hmm. I'm a very strong individual, you know, very supportive. Mm -hmm. So she knew that, you know, that this is a good life. Right. And it's a good place to be. Right. You two throughout this conversation have, I think, consistently talked about Amber in the past tense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you? Um, you know, sometimes when people go missing, there is this netherland, really, where you don't know what to say. Aber wouldn't have been gone this long. Yeah. That's all I can say. She would be mortified that all of this attention was on her. Mm -hmm. She would be so embarrassed. Danielle, you call them and tell them it's fine. Everything. Like, if mm -hmm. she was out there, she would be so mortified mm -hmm. that her face is plastered everywhere. Mm-hmm. She, she, this is not attention she would ever want. Mm -hmm. There's no way that she would leave any of us hanging. Her people were her life. She, what, that's what she lived for. Her friends, the little people, as she called them. You know, her mom, the, her lake family. Mm -hmm. That place was her everything. And she knew damn well that no matter what happened with her house, that she would always have a home at the lake. Mm -hmm no matter where it was, whether it be in that house or maybe a little bit smaller of a house or whatever it is, she had a place at, the, at that. She knew she would never be kicked to the curb from that place. Right. She was a part of that family. Yeah. With some of the missing people I've talked, families of missing people I've talked to, um, there's a possibility that they they took their own lives. Sometimes there's a possibility that you know, they did actually like to spend time off in the woods and maybe they had an accident. She lived out at a lake. Yeah. Could she have drowned? There are a range of things that can happen. Totally. So, so I'll tell you. Yeah. She was a chicken shit. She mm. was afraid of spiders mm. and mice. Mm. She loved adventures, but, you know, going out into the bush by herself. She's just little. She would she's never. just little Amber. Oh. No way right. would she go and do that by herself. She wouldn't even leave her back door open in case a mouse would get in. She was adventurous, yes, but she wasn't, like, brave to go and do stuff on so her own. So she's not going to take off on her own. She's either. not going to take off on her own. Not a chance. No head injury or anything like that? Like, no concussion? No. no. What are you able to do in terms of helping with the investigation or where... Where are you guys at with that? Well, I have actually taken a step back. It was becoming a lot. I would fall asleep crying, waking up crying. Like, I have a family. I have a lot going on in my life, and I pretty much just ignored all of it for a really long time, and it was, like, becoming unhealthy. I could feel myself sort of going into a bit of a depression, um, it's just too much to wrap your head around. So I've taken a bit of a step back. I've actually taken a really big step back from social media altogether. I've put my business on hold, postponed my wedding. I am now kind of focusing on helping with the back end of stuff to help her mom make sure her mom's okay. Amber loved her mom with her everything. So just to make sure her mom's okay. The day after we speak, I get a call from Danielle. 
she has recorded a message to Justin and those who love him. She asked that I include it in the podcast, which I agree to do. I guess I'd just like to say to anyone who loves Justin, I'm sorry you're going through this. Mental health is no joke. And to Justin, well, man, I don't know why I still haven't heard from you. You spent quite a bit of time with us as Amber's boyfriend. I'd like to think I was pretty supportive, and I never did anything to you to make you believe that I wouldn't be a safe person to contact. You had no problem messaging me in the past, asking me questions and being a safe person to speak with. I was always very kind and supportive. I get you were probably scared when you resurfaced from wherever you were, but we all were, and for so many different reasons. If what you say is true, we would have graciously accepted your help in searching for Amber. You say she was the only person who opened the door for you. Well, don't forget, I opened my door too. You knew how much Amber means to my family and myself. You knew how loved she is by her friends and family. If you would have reached out the minute you knew she was gone or with bad people as you claim, we could have all been in this together. We could have shown the world that you were in the search with us. But instead, I learned about your story by a news release. That makes no sense. It's been almost two months. We've done everything we could to find her, everything that we know how. We have exhausted every single resource that we can do as her friends and family. Yet you remain silent. I just don't get it. Danielle is being careful. Justin Hall has not been named as a suspect in Amber Manthorne's disappearance. At the time of publishing, Amber has not been found. The search for her is ongoing. And while her disappearance is certainly out of character, it may not be a crime. Still, police have not ruled out criminality in her case. By the time we finish our conversation outside, patio lights are glowing against the darkness of the forest. It's late. I give Daisy one last pat on the head, her bright white fur now a sharp contrast to the gathering gloom of the night. As I back out of the driveway, I watch as Danielle waves goodbye and hops onto her ATV and heads down a trail into the darkness. Anyone who may have information and has not already spoken with police is asked to contact the Port Alberni RCMP at 250-723-2424. And if you want to help support Amber's friends, you can join them on Facebook through the group Finding Amber Manthorn. I'm Laura Palmer, and you're listening to Finding Amber, Island Crime, Season 4. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment 
was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now.